Good morning. Good morning. So I'm going to get us started by saying to everyone, good morning. Welcome to New Wine, New Wineskins on Clubhouse, where we seek to build relational bridges through Jesus by engaging relevant subjects. My name is Cookie Avlakiotis-Wall, and this morning our discussion flows from the truth of theology, specifically Trinitarian theology. How does a Trinitarian, Christ-centered theology play out in how we see the other? Where does the body of Christ get it right, and where does it not? So with that, I'm going to um, ask Robert if you would get us started in prayer. Good morning. Pray with me. This morning we come to engage with each other a really relevant subject. How do we see one another and Lord, how do we see you as the Father, the Son, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit? How do I see my neighbors, Lord? And um, I just ask you to open our hearts and minds to the truth of this subject. And for me, I really want to learn more from you today. And it's in your name that I pray, in your name. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Cookie? Thank you, Robert. Um, I'm just going to share that our guidelines this morning are as Jesus guidelines that we would love one another as ourselves, that would, we would be honor, honoring and respectful to one another. And with that, we may um, go a little bit deeper as people in our room begin to come with guidelines. But until then, I'm going to yield the mic to Matt. Well, cool. And uh, if it uh, just continues with the six of us, then we should be able to have a pretty good conversation with uh, our mics not muted if, you know, we don't have too much uh, background noise, but to where we start, so the Trinity, and this is something, if during this hour, um, I hopefully won't uh, uh, monopolize, because when we start talking about theology and we start talking about the Trinity, to me, um, I don't know how as a, as a follower of Christ, this can't just get us excited because the tree, this is what I said in the script. And, and so you, most of us, hopefully you've seen this, but it is, it's what uh, theologians, some theologians have said is the greatest mystery of the Christian faith. And so this one theologian, as I was studying, you know, said we should leave it well enough alone. And the problem is, is when we leave Trinitarian theology alone, then we leave faith alone. And so as we will hopefully witness today in our discussion, that we cannot leave the Trinity well enough alone and still get on with life because life for um, the human, according to the Christian scriptures, says that the human is created in the image of the Trinity. Okay. Uh, we've talked about creating the image of God, and so when we say Trinity, what we're doing is we're we're seeking to further um, define and understand, talk about the God in which we are talking about, because there are obviously other philosophies and religions 
Um, but no philosophy, no religion has a Godhead, a Godhead, one being, three persons. And so that's the mystery, that's the beautiful, uh, this Godhead that doesn't remain absent or quiet throughout the course of history. And that's what we just celebrated um, Christmas, and then we talked about it last week, Epiphany, this manifestation. Um, we're not talking about a God hidden behind Revelation. Rather, God is for us fully revealed uh, and fully concealed in his self-disclosure. And so this is the beautiful mystery is that God fully reveals himself in Christ and yet there still is a concealment to the wholeness of who God is that we will still yet be wowed by God when we meet uh, Christ you know, face to face, whether it's when he comes in, comes back and we happen to be here on earth or when we uh, take our last breath here on earth and meet him in heaven. And as a result of this, the scriptures calls on the reader to transformation. It calls forward this thing called conversion. And it's not static. It's something that happens throughout the entirety of a lifetime. And it's a process of a, the human continually turning to the Son who leads us in union with the Holy Spirit into an ever-deepening relationship with the Father. And so this is what we're talking about. When we're talking about Trinitarian theology, we're talking about uh, the paradigm by which we are to live. It's dynamic in relation. So you'll hear a lot when we talk about Trinitarian theology, relationality or personal, a personal touch. Uh, it's, it's personal. It's relational. Um, in the words of this, uh, uh, an early church theologian, early historian, Gregory of Nanzanias, this is what he wrote about the triune God. No sooner do I conceive of the one then I am illumined by the splendor of the three. No sooner do I distinguish them, I'm carried back to the one. And so the title of today that I had, uh, that we have for the room is the one, the three, and the met. So you have the one being of God, you have the three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, and then you have the many, meaning the people, creation. So our identity of people who are created according to the Christian scripture, according to the Christian scripture, a Christian scripture, our identity is relational. We're relational people of a triune God who is relational, and we are created in this relational image. Um, and so before uh, asking and, and yielding to Cliff, I just wanted to read this um, uh, uh, quotation from Dr. King, who talks about this relationality. And he's talking about it uh, in the, the push towards justice within our society. Why justice in our society? Well, because of the God who created us. And this is what Dr. King said. Um, and this actually comes from a sermon uh, that he's talking about, uh, uh, actually about war, about Vietnam. But he's talking about why we should care. And he says this, this is a partial quote. There is still something to remind us that we are interdependent, that we are all somehow caught in an inescapable network of mutuality. Therefore, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. As long as there's poverty in the world, I can never be rich, even if I have a million dollars. As long as diseases are rampant and millions of people in this world cannot expect to live more than 30 years, I can never be totally healthy. I can never be what I ought to be until you are who you ought to be. So as those created in the image of God, we must account for each human person and all their distinctiveness as being important in addition to our shared humanity. We must cherish each human person as equal in worth and dignity. And so, 
I'm curious, this plays out every day for you as a pastor, Cliff, and so I'm curious to know your thoughts about Trinitarian theology and how it plays out. Why is it foundational uh, for us to understand, uh, especially in ministry context? And I yield the mic to Cliff. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, this is one of the most profound um, theologies that I have um, in in the whole course of my ministry. It's it, it still boggles my mind when I think about the Trinity. Um, you know, uh, and and how you set that up. One of the things that you quoted is uh, you said that the Trinity is the greatest mystery of the Christian faith. Um, and and when I when I think about that, um, it is uh, it it is a, such a profound thing to just sit back and ponder. Um, you know that word mystery, mysterion. You know in the Greek, um, mystery is a mystery, but mystery it is a mystery revealed. At the same time, it still remains a mystery. Uh, it's a mystery concealed. And, um, you know, when I was first introduced to Trinitarian theology, you know, I, I studied the Trinity. I've talked about the Trinity. I preached the Trinity. But when Trinitarian theology, um, when I really began to dig into Trinitarian theology, it was something that um, it was like I was missing something up until that time. And when Trinitarian theology came as a new revelation in my life, it's, it's like it totally revolutionized my ministry. And one of the things that really um, just resonated with me in looking at the Trinity, um, Paul Metzger um, presented Trinity as uh, you know, when we look at the Godhead, as you mentioned, <clears throat> Father, Son, and Spirit, there's a union between God, uh, the Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, that union is, they're so bound up and intertwined in love. The love is like the glue that really just makes the Godhead function and work. Um, that union is, is such a tight bond. Um, and, and I made a statement to a person one time. I said, you know, if you take Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, either one of them, out of the Godhead, you don't have God. And the person got a little upset with me. But I said, you know, you can't do that because they're so tied to one another um, through this union. Um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one, but yet the three. Uh, it, it is a mystery that uh, it it is is hard to really wrap our heads around it, but <clears throat> it's the mystery that God has revealed to us. But it's also a mystery that is still concealed. Um, but that union is something so precious. And then communion. Uh, when we look at communion, this communion is the total and complete sacrifice or giving of one to the other. And when we look at the Godhead, that is exactly what the Godhead does 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit are completely yielded and given to the other. Um, and then the, the participation, everything that happens, there is a complete agreement and participation. And when I, when I look at that, uh, what I take away from that, um, and the, what I present in, um, my church is a Trinitarian lifestyle and that Trinitarian lifestyle, um, requires relationship. Uh, you mentioned relationship, that relationship. When we look at the Trinity and how the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relate to each other, if we as the, in the body of Christ look at that and take that as our example, um, we would, it, this would be such a beautiful world and the church, I often ask um, my, myself, uh, how close are we in the body of Christ? How close are we coming to that level of relationship that is presented to us in the Trinity? And as we discuss and talk about Trinitarian uh, theology or this Trinitarian lifestyle, uh, how do we present that and what does that look like um, for us um, as as the many as you mentioned matt um, as human beings um, and 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 that's one of the uh, the 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 message not only that I speak but the message that I live is how do I live out? this Trinitarian lifestyle among people, uh, whether that's in my family, uh, in my neighborhood, uh, when I go to the grocery store or in my church, what does that look like? And that I have to have the love of Jesus Christ poured into me so that wherever I go, I can present this relationship that will impact somebody else's life. And uh, as we go forward in in every day, it's not just something that is a one-time event, a one and off, but it is a lifestyle. Um, and I, I believe, I, I preach it, I teach it, that this is something that we must endeavor to live each and every day. Um, this Trinitarian lifestyle, this relationship, it is a relationship of love. It is a relationship of communion. It is a relationship of participation. It is a relationship of love. And uh, again, just when I think about it, it really, this mystery, it boggles my mind. It's uh, something that I ponder often, but it is such a beautiful thing to just sit back and think about it and how I can apply it into my life on a daily basis. And so I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what others have to say about uh, the Trinity and about Trinitarian theology. And with that, I yield the mic. Thank you, Cliff. Um, 
<clears throat> this is Cookie, obviously, speaking here. Uh, I really appreciate um, both your comments, Cliff, and Matt's comments. I appreciate the interdependency that you referred to um, from the quote of Dr. King, Matt, in your comments, and then also, Cliff, when you talked about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the, the union and love that makes the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity um, glue that, that makes it work, this complete sacrifice of um, self-giving love of one to the other. And I've been thinking about this, um, the Trinitarian theology, and I've been thinking about the fact that um, how we've all been created uh, in the image of God. You know, we've all been created, every one of us, to somehow look like God. Um, I've also been thinking about the fact that, um, for the first time really, thinking about the fact that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that these are ways that we are like God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I think of the Godhead for my own purposes. I mean, I think of the Trinity as the circle of, of fellowship, of love and honor and mutuality that has existed from before the beginning. Um, I used to see the, the hierarchical vision of Father, and then underneath that was Son, and then underneath that was Holy Spirit. Or I've seen the triangle, you know, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at each, you know, the Father at the top, and, and the Son at the left, and the Holy Spirit at the right. Uh, but since, since that time, and as I've grown, I've begun to see the relationship more in a circle of fellowship. Of, of perfect love and honor and mutuality that has existed from before the beginning. Uh, and that through Christ, we have been invited into that circle, you know, that, that we, the many, have been invited into that circle of fellowship to live into that relationship and out of that relationship. So I was thinking about the, um, the self giving love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and I was asking the Lord, what obscures my view of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and this, and this self-giving love? What, what, what keeps me from fully living into that relational connection? Not with you, but so much in the, in the other. Or what keeps me from experiencing the fullness of the Godhead. And one of the things that came to me, um, what, when I, and I think that the Lord revealed to me rather, was the, um, the spirit of rejection, you know, the spirit of um, being afraid of, of giving out that love, this, this self-giving love, regardless of what may come, you know, in those places where I am most concerned about being rejected or fearful, whatever the situation be. Um, and the reality that I am accepted, you know, I am accepted into this Trinitarian um, relationship of the many 
it, it's been very interesting to me to look through, you know, to try to see this and recognize how hard it is for me to try and and give out this self-giving love and the fact that it is the spirit of God through the relationship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that wants to do that through me, wants to offer that self-giving love through me because I will never ever be rejected. I belong to the Lord. And so, um, that's just kind of a, a way that I have seen this. And as we begin to open this conversation up, I want to uh, reset the room and say again that we are new wine, new wineskins on Clubhouse. And this morning's discussion flows from the truth of theology, specifically Trinitarian theology. And how does a Trinitarian Christ-centered theology play out in how we see the other. Where does the body of Christ get it right and where do we not? Um, and with that, I'd like to also just again share our guidelines that if you would like to speak, uh, we would like everybody to be able to engage in the conversation. And if you would like to speak, you can raise your hand um, and we will bring you up to the stage. We would ask that your bios contain enough information for us to know that you are not a troll or a bot. And when you do have the opportunity to speak, we would ask you to be, re be respectful and courteous and succinct. Again, our, our golden rule is as Jesus' golden rule, love one another, period. And so with that, uh, I'd like to call on um, specifically, Gloria, do you have some thoughts? And then Hong and then Lisbeth. Um, yes, I do, but I would defer to Hong since he was flashing his mic and let him speak first because I don't know what his timing is. Thanks for being here, Hong. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, Gloria. Uh, very kind of you. I, I was just flashing that I um, I uh, <laughs> I appreciated what I heard Cookie said, but uh, but in any case, I do have something to uh, to share um, here. I'm I'm very uh, very grateful to be here to hear about Trinitarian theology. Um, that's something I've always wanted to know. Uh, always, that's the wrong word. <laughs> For a long time, I I for a couple of years now, I've wanted to learn more about uh, the Trinitarians uh, specifically. Um, so I want to share this. A couple of years ago, I was introduced to uh, Father uh, Michael Pintacura. I don't know if you know him. He's, uh, he's in the South Bay. And he is, um, I was introduced to him as uh, the US vice postulator for the canonization of Anna Maria Teigi. So basically to, to, um, to work through the process to make Anna Maria Terigi a saint. Um, this is a, a saint of the 16th century in Italy. So that's the first time I was introduced to um, the, uh, the Trinitarians and I, I looked up and, and, and learned a little bit. I mean, not a huge amount, of course, uh, since uh, as a lay person, um, uh, being the Trinitarians being the order of the most holy trinity and the captives uh the redemption of captives because it was uh, created at a time when a lot of um 
of Christians were were, uh, were made captives, right? So uh, that really resonates with me as we live in a time where people are captives, in in effect, uh, captives of uh, culture, of um, rules, of um, of dogmas, and and and, and you know. Uh, we are captives of so many things now without even knowing it. Uh, not in the physical, well, although that exists quite a bit in the world, but um, you know, in country, you know, in advanced countries with laws like in the U.S., not physical per se, but in in other ways. So this really resonate with me, and you know, and the whole, uh, I wouldn't, you know, maybe philosophy of the Trinitarians really resonate with me. So I'm very. Uh, grateful to be learning more here, um, uh, to to have discovered first of all um, new wine, new wine skin f uh, through Gloria, and um, and for today's topic that um, gets really to the heart of the matter. Uh, thank you, and with that, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, Hong. I I, uh, <clears throat> I appreciate the uh, entrance. Uh, into uh, Trinitarian theology and just um, the the pull, um, as you were saying, Hong, that regardless of of where our backgrounds are from a religious standpoint, uh, whether or not we um, have a religious standpoint, uh, religious foundation, um, or we are investigating or searching um, the idea, the concept of God, and so Trinitarian theology is interesting. Um, and it strikes to a core, I think, that each one of us would probably, if we're honest with ourselves, go, this makes sense because Trinitarian theology is rooted in the relational truth of the Christian Godhead who, for all eternity, um, Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, and so uh, if in the beginning of the room, uh, Pastor Cliff was talking about uh, communion in community, and so... That's what we talk about when, we, when in Trinitarian theology, when we talk about a communal aspect or relational aspect for all eternity, uh, this God, Father, Son, and Spirit were communing with one another and in love, as Pastor Cliff was talking about. Uh, and there's this overflow of love that plays out in what we call creation. And so when we talk about this image um, that each one of us, each human being, has something within us that draws us to the similarities between each other so that when we look at each other, regardless of how, what we see, the more we come into contact with each other, the more we start to relate to each other, the more we open ourselves up to the person in front of us, the more we start to see, wow, that we are very similar. And then also in that similarity, we start to see the distinctions between each other that I am me and you are you and I will never be you and you will never be me. However, there's this connection there that we can't get away from. And so that's where uh, Trinitarian theology says, well, okay, if this God is triune, meaning this God is relational, and we claim uh, because of reading in the Bible that uh, God created man and woman in his image, then that image is this relationality, relational truth, so that today in the 21st century, the reason why something like COVID really presses into each one of us is because it messes with our relational truth, because it draws us apart. And then when we are together, we can't be fully relational because we're not quite sure 
uh, if we're going to get each other sick, how close can we get? And so, but it, it messes with our relationality. And so each of the aspects that we deal with in life um, today, whether it's injustice, whether it's uh, racism, whether it's discrimination or bigotry, you see that it's an infringement. It's actually a cut into our relationality because what it's trying to do is uh, uh, create a chasm, right? A distance between us. And so in Trinitarian theology, there's always a recognition of distinction because you are distinct. Um, and there's also, so what we would say in Trinitarian theology is Father, Son, and Spirit are distinct, but inseparably linked. They can never be apart. You will never have the Father without the Son. You'll never have the Son without the Father. And yet on the cross, the distinction is made because it's the Son who is crucified, not the Father and not the Spirit. And so I think that relational truth of uh, Trinitarian theology really plays out um, regardless, irregardless of whether or not we've recognized what the Christian scripture says, who Jesus is when it talks about things like salvation. We might not understand that, but what we can understand is the truth of his relationality and how that impacts us with the, and so that's why we say the Trinity is the paradigm by which we are to live. Um, and with that, I'd like to uh, also how does that play out, though, for us, this relational truth, whether we believe in this God or not, how does the relational truth, though, play out and uh, get some ideas or some uh, other thoughts from uh, those on you had something that you'd like to contribute? Well, um, hi, this this is Gloria. And um, thank you, Matt. And thank you for breaking it down even more in Cookie and Cliff. I really appreciate it, what you had to say. Um, it's been really interesting to me. I was thinking back when I was on the New Wine Skins Advisory um, Council, and we were interviewing potential new um, council members. Um, and I asked the question of the potential um, applicants, the question of, can you share with me your um, definition and thoughts around Trinitarian theology? And, and more importantly for me was to be able to listen to um, what those responses were, because I have always been in a place of wanting to know more about that. Growing up in the Catholic Church, um, as Cookie said, um, we had and going to Catholic schools all my life, we had the triangle. So it was always looking at the triangle as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, just having an opportunity to have a deeper uh, way of learning and understanding and growing, I, I think is, you know, I appreciate that. And one of the things I appreciated, Matt, was when you quoted um, Dr. King. And, you know, you shared that uh, there is still something to remind us that we are interdependent, that we are all somehow caught in an inescapable network of mutuality. Therefore, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And there's several of us in this room, Lisa, Tracy, Gloria, Denise, um, that are in another room where we've been uh, going through the book of Revelations, first having gone through the book of Daniel. And one of the things that has really struck me is when we talk about the likeness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as a Trinitary, the Trinity, the Trinitarian God, and um, that we were born 
into the likeness of God. And as I've gone through and as we are going through revelations it, it, um, and thinking about those left behind, it really puts on my heart the need um, to be relational, the need to have us all appreciate that um, we are one together and our humanity is one together. And I would hate um, not to, to have people left behind. And so um, at, you know, at the end of times. And so to me, it puts more of an earnest on me as someone who is a believer to always be thinking inclusively and thinking relationally and what would God have me do as I walk this life so that I'm not walking it into him and not having brought others with me. And so that's where I see um, the Trinity playing out in my life and my role in this world. And I will share the mic with um, Lisa since last week um, you were in the room and we didn't get a chance to hear from you. So I'd like to go ahead and call on you and then um, Ms. Biff and Robert and others. Liz Lisa? Well, hello, Gloria. Thank you for allowing me to come up and, and up on and speak and uh, just be in the room and, and listen to folks. Really appreciate it. Um, and I apologize for coming in late. I know I'd sent you a back channel that I'd be coming in late. Um, I apologize for that. So I haven't heard the rich, I'm sure the rich conversation that's have happened so far, but, um, yeah, I just, this, at the end, the topic is close to my heart, the Trinity. Um, I love the Trinity and, you know, I love what you were saying. Um, Gloria, I just caught that. Uh, the one, the three, the many, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> and what a rich, you know, I think for me, um, there's such a richness in the Trinity. There's such, again, amazing depth that goes beyond our comprehension and our understanding. Um, we just, at least for me, I just get glimpses of what that is. And I think what, when I think of Trinity, um, is that, you know, just the relationship between the Trinity Father, God the Father, God the Son, who we we know is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, and just how just the interplay between the three again it's so beyond our understanding and the sense of the mystery um, of the three in one right three persons in one God <laughs> so and and so closely united I think that communion between the three. And the outpouring of love and the reciprocity between the the three in one is just beautiful to think about because the image of God again is who we are created in. We are created as His creatures, um, men and women, in His image and likeness. And I just think what a dignity we have um, to remember that and just to, just to think about that again their relationship another as well as the relationship that they seek with us i mean we're created um to know love and serve uh, in this world and in the next be happy with them so what a beautiful opportunity it is to, to talk about the trinity and i grew up um knowing as well about the trinity thanks be to god um and but the, i have to say over the years my relationship um with each person in the blessed trinity has developed and grown um 
I, I, um, my, my focus as a child was on Jesus Christ and then God, the father, um, actually, no, sorry, Jesus Christ. And then the Holy spirit, um, really when I was in high school that really developed and then, um, really God, the father just, um, pretty much in, in my adult life, although I knew and recognized them, um, ever since I've been a child that I would say that personal relationship with each person of the triune God, um, has developed and, and how beautiful it is. And, and, um, yeah, it's again, it's a facet, like a facet of a diamond, you know, it's the same diamond, but each facet is a different color. Um, so, you know, I think kind of the Trinity is a, is a three faceted diamond is <laughs> so brilliant, but each, each each cut has its own color but it's the same part so anyways thank you so much for let me ramble on i just came in from the outside i'm a little chilly here in southern indiana <laughs> so i'm uh, rattling away thank you so much god bless and i'll yield the mic back thank you lisa thank you for just your thoughts and yeah, that relational truth. I don't, I'm not sure if, Elizabeth, you had uh, um, anything that you wanted to add or glory. Or, yeah, Elizabeth. Um, well, you know, it's, it's interesting to me as I listen, because when I first heard the topic, um, I wasn't sure um, exactly what we meant by the Trinitarian um, relationship. And I, I've always known the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit but I've not always understood all facets of the, the triune God. And, and I really liked it, Cookie, when you mentioned this, the circle of, of the triune God versus the triangle. Because uh, I'm, I'm a math person and it just the circle is never ending and is, does not have the sharp points. And so I really, really liked that. Um, and, it, and it really helped. But I've struggled often with with the Holy Spirit, and um, that's that's the one area that I listen and I continue to try to grow in, and and I seek out from other people to understand how the Holy Spirit works, and yet I believe so firmly in God moments in just the most minute areas of my life, and I'm beginning to realize it's the Holy Spirit also working through me and through the circumstances to, to, you know, as Jesus carries me and, and God protects me. And, and it's, I, I get into visual things and, and it's, it's interesting because the, the Holy Spirit to me, uh, also to my husband has always been the area we've struggled with. And yet we, we know the triune God. And I, you know, I, I, I when Cliff mentioned that love is the glue that, makes the Godhead whole. And I don't know if you said that Paul Metzger said that, or if you said that, but that really is a beautiful thought for me because, you know, and, and as Matt said there, you can't have one of the triune God, you know, the, the Trinity without all three. So that glue is that firm. It's sort of like monster glue. We were trying to glue some broken things together and got monster glue and boy, that stuff is, is firm. And, and it made me think about that. You know, it's, um, for me, it's, it's about always radiating Christ and allowing 
my words and my actions to reflect him. And I have to tell you throughout my life, that hasn't always been the case, but he's always there. And, and that gives me great comfort. Um, I was talking with a trainer at the gym the other day and I looked at him and I said, I am, I'm a woman who lives by faith and I don't know what your foundation is. I said, but you know, I, James 119 carries me because we were talking about a struggle he was having. And I said, you know, be, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to be angry. And he looked at me and he said, I really like that. I said, it's the power of Jesus. And then we went on with our conversation. I'm trying to be more intentional in being relational through Christ to others. So I really like that you reminded me of that, Gloria, you know, that every step we take, be it one small conversation or be it a sermon, is important in sharing the beauty of our triune God. Um, I, I thank you for the time. I, I have some wonderful scholars around me that can always answer my questions and guide me. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate everything. So I yield the mic. Thank you, Elizabeth. And uh, for those that uh, are not on stage, uh, for all you need to do is if you raise your hand or, or flash that way, if you have some thoughts concerning Trinitarian theology, concerning theology, or concerning this thing called faith, uh, we have religions around us, and each of the religions uh, point to an absolute, a God. And so today, as we're talking about Trinitarian theology, as Elizabeth was just referring and uh, uh, Cliff um, has talked about, everyone in the, has mentioned the relationality. <clears throat> and we see this uh, play out today with, again, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to um, be any topic, you know, up, but uh, the truth of COVID is really stretching our relationality, you know. Um, and so who we are as people, we need one another. You know, um, when I teach uh, uh, my uh, students in, in like an intro theology class, we talk about what is one of the greatest ways for us to harm one another. Um, and one of those ways is to isolate each other. It's to remove the truth of relationality, you know. And so, um, gosh, I, I, you know, as a parent, when you, the first time that your child uh, decides to claim their independence, whether that's one years old or, you know, 10 years old or 20 years old, you have a choice of how am I going to, uh, uh, whether you want to call it correct or discipline or whatever. And there's ways. There is physical discipline, whether that's spanking and, and some sort of hitting, or there's relational discipline, and that's isolation and separating so I think that uh, when we think about Trinitarian theology, that you'll continue to hear this truth of relationality, relationality, that we are related to one another. And so I think the way to work this out is to continue to process because to think about, um, last week we talked in, in, in one of these things, think about this. If you ever hear Jesus talk, and we talked about this last week, but he says to love your neighbor again. When we have a relational truth, it stretches us to a point that the person in front of us, if we are to follow this philosophy, this, this mantra that Jesus Christ talks about in 
the person in front of us, we must begin to see, regardless of who they are, and I'm talking about some of the, put anyone in front of you, the more we are consumed with this relational truth of who we are, then the person in front of us, we have to stretch ourselves to go, I need to see them as this God sees me, that they are a person in need of love, and that Jesus tells me to see the person not as enemy, but as neighbor. And that's the relational truth that I think stretches each one of us because there's nowhere in this world that this Christian God says that you can go and not be affected by people. And so I think as we continue to play that out, and that's where, you know, the one of the ways I, I, I've learned in my studies, and I, I would imagine that uh, Cliff uh, in his studies, his doctoral studies as well, would be able to test this, that the more you take in, the more you read from this, the more you start to realize, and as each one of us has, has talked about here, that we are related to one another. You know, if you don't think that you are, put yourself, I mean, this is probably not a good experiment because it, it raises the level of, of uh, anxiety and heart and all that stuff, but put yourself in a car by yourself if you don't think that we're, we're related to one another and drive on the, the, the road you will quickly find that even though you are separated by this big hunk of metal, that what people do in that right lane or in the left lane, it does affect you to the point where you can become angry. Well, there's some sort of relatability there that we relate to one another, even if we're not directly next to each other, that our actions directly and indirectly affect each other. You know, and so that's just something to continue to think about, especially when we talk about faith and in Christianity, we're talking about a faith that believes in a God who says God is love, that they are love. So what does that mean for us? And so uh, I don't want to monopolize. So other thoughts from folks that are uh, on the stage or for those of you that might be uh, in the audience, if you'd like to you know, offer your thoughts too. I'd like to hear from Bob if Bob is ready to share. Uh, I'm ready. Um, I think this has um, been a great discussion already. Um, <clears throat> the thing that I'd like to share is um, kind of how a number of you have said, how does this play out? A number of you have talked about from, you know, from Cliff to Cookie to Gloria uh, relationships. Um, and Matt, you mentioned it as well. So, <clears throat> um, I'm not a theologian. Um, I'm not sure what I am, but I am a thinker and uh, I am a doer. I love to do things uh, with my hands. And um, so here, here's an example, and I, and I mean it in a way of uh, practicality. How do you live this out? And um, so Cookie and I are married, which uh, I am I'm so grateful um but we were our two and yet we are married into like one so one uh, a few years ago we had an anniversary dinner and um so i prepared a card about you know our anniversary of our marriage and so um i do have a creative bent to me and so i drew something that i felt like was um uh, expressive of our relationship and I drew um, an, a, 
if some of you, most of you, I hope, know what cursive is. It's to write um, in a kind of a flowing way. So I wrote and I draw, drew an R, which is Robert, and a C, Cookie, but I, but I, I put them together into one continuous um, movement uh, of on the on this drawing. So R kind of came around and then became a C. The C was part of the R. Neither R nor the C was uh, the whole. Yet together they made a hole. And then <clears throat> Cookie looked at this and said, oh, that, yeah, that's kind of nice. And then I said, here's my plan. I plan to find a really interesting piece of wood and to um, carve this idea into a piece of wood. So I did. And I found different colored woods. And I, I, I cut spaces out for the R and the C and how it all would look according to my little diagram. And, um, and I used glue and I used, uh, but you couldn't see the glue, uh, yet it, it held things together, different kinds of wood, uh, different parts of the C and the R, etc. And then I, and then I finished it uh, so that if you ran your hand over this R in the C and the wood, you could not feel any one of them. Yet you could pick it up and you could look at it, you put it on the wall, and it had a message. And the message is, how does this play out, this marriage play out? And, um, and I, I have to say that uh, often... Um, it brings me back to our, our marriage, brings me back to the fact that we are not one, even though I may act, you know, selfish or self-centered. Uh, but when we, when we work together, when we, when we uh, respect one another, um, then all of a sudden it looks different than just the R or the C. So, so uh, I, I apply that to the mystery, to the interdependency, to the how do we get along with our neighbors, and, and, and more of a challenge um, is how do we get together, how do we get along as uh, 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 two, as one, in the marriage example. Um, so that's my little bit of practical application and it um, it means something to me because um, I get to live it out I get to think about it I get to actually uh, go back to the truth of Trinitarian is that there's more to uh, this thing about God there's three and one it's put together it's beautiful it is created um, it is um, is a piece of the puzzle and um, 
that's what I that's what I think. That's what I'm reminded of, and I want to um, yield. Um, and I'm I'm thinking a bit of who who I'd like to hear from, and um, and actually, you know, Cookie, would you like to share a couple more thoughts because I used you as an example. It's always fun to be used as the example. <laughs> One waits with bated breath. So thank you for that, Robert. Um, I'm going to um, just say one thing, and then I'd like to hear from Kayla, because um, she's up here as well. One of the things, Matt, when you were talking about the, um, you know, the, the neighborhood, the neighbors, seeing other as the neighbor and our studies and and attesting to um, this interdependence of, uh, of humanity. And I don't remember exactly what you said, but what it made me think of was that in practical terms and living that out, one of the things that has been so um, helpful to me is the reality of our stories. And when we hear one another's stories, how so many of our divisions and um, uh, prejudices or whatever they may be have a tendency to just melt away. And a friend of mine and ours, uh, the late Dr. Richard Twist, one of the things that he used to say was that God loved stories so much or God loves stories so much that he created humans. Um, and I have found that in my conversation, if, if we will stop to hear one another's stories, that's something very profoundly different and uh, about that relationality, that interdependence, how much we are alike comes to bear. Um, and so with that, I'd want to yield the mic to Kayla. I'm not sure. Oh, there she is. Good morning. Um, yeah, I'm I'm heading out to work, so uh, I'll make it quick. Um, I have grown up in a household based on Trinitarian theology. That's the perk of having a dad who is a, a doctorate of theology, um, and his PhD was about the dramatization of theology, which is that this truth that the bible is actually this drama that's that's participatory um that we get to participate in we are invited um and god constantly invites us into his midst um so that we can be in relationship with him and i think that we kind of are whether or not we want to acknowledge that because we are made in his image um we are in relationship with him in some some way regardless of if we acknowledge that uh, because he is greater than us but um i think the truth of relationality is essential to life and the more that we grow into who we are as people the more we uh have to acknowledge the the need for others um i think the most powerful thing you can do to someone is to separate them because then they are alone with 
who they are and their thoughts and that's scary. Um, I don't really, I'm not good at being alone. Um, but I've learned that over the years, we're never really alone um, because of who God is. And um, there's just so much intentionality and um, creativity and in his design of who we are. And the more that we are able to sit um, in scripture and read the Bible um, and get to know who he is as Father, Son, and Spirit, um, the more we can sit in prayer and talk to him and build our relationship, uh, then the better we get to know him uh, in different aspects and see him work in our lives. And that is also, um, part of that is also being in the church, um, having conversation with each other, um, dialoguing like, like these conversations on Clubhouse are essential to growing in our faith and understanding who God as the Trinity is in our life. Um, and those are just some of the things that I've learned in the 22 years of being alive is that we need each other, um, as well as, you know, being able to sit with God one-on-one -on -one in prayer um, and read the Bible. But we need each other to learn more and more about who God is and um, to understand him better. We need relationality. And uh, when we don't have that, we it's hard to understand things. It's hard to, you know, we have to have people to ask questions and to bounce perspectives and ideas off and what do you think about this and what did this verse mean to you um so when we have people we actually are able to understand and see a greater truth of who god is because we are made in the image of a relational god and i yield thank you caleb Not the thoughts obviously have been profound and we want to continue this next week. But before um, I bring the room to a close this morning, I want to offer the opportunity for anyone who hasn't gotten a chance to speak or maybe someone got a chance to speak but didn't get a chance to finish their thought or whatever. Uh, before I close the room and leave us with some thoughts for next week because we want to continue this discussion as I was saying. So... Um, just like to yield to anyone who hung. Yes, uh, thank you, Matt. Um, <clears throat> as a uh, neophyte here, um, I do have a question. Is there any resource um, in terms of reading or something that I can um, I can look up to um, to get up to speed? Uh, <laughs> I I don't know how to formulate that any better than that. Uh, if anybody has any suggestion, I would appreciate that. Yeah, that's actually a great question, uh, Hong. Look right there on the um, link right above that uh, Gloria uh, uh, shared, oh. New Wine, New Wine Skins, the new-wineskins.org. Um, mm -hmm. If you go there, that'll take you to the New Wine, New Wine Skins website where uh, there's an opportunity. Uh, we do have um, material on there. Uh, for Trinitarian Theology. And if you want, um, um, also, I think I have my email in my um, bio. If not, though, 
um, I'm more than willing to share. There's books uh, for New Wine, New Wine Skins. We did a uh, edited version of what Trinitarian theology is called Trinitarian Soundings, where it goes through the different uh, aspects of what Trinitarian theology is based on the, the doctrines of the Christian faith. So that's an, um, and I can give that, uh, um, that book title, but that's, again, that's Trinitarian Soundings. Um, but if you go to the website, it has a list on there of resources and ways to get involved with new wine, but you can put on there questions. And uh, we have uh, material that easily can be um, uh, emailed out to you for further, because I agree uh, finding material just to get more information on it uh, so that we can uh, come to something uh, new. And there's a newness there for all of us. So uh, the first place I would suggest is going to the website new-wineskins.org, which is right above us. And then also you can um, <clears throat> message Gloria or Cookie or whoever you might know in this room. And then we can have a further conversation where I can, I'm more than willing to share um, any of the written resources that New Wine, New Wineskins has or books that are, if anyone's interested in coming to a better understanding of what it means Trinitarian theology. There are a couple of books that we use for new wine, new wineskins to help, um, yeah, to help us grow in our understanding. That's a great question, Hong. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. And also for those uh, also wanting to, next week we want to continue this uh, discussion. So, um, and next week because that's a great question from Hong. What I'll, I will make sure to do is um, I will have uh, a, just a brief list. A bullet pointed list of different resources that one, if they are interested to go deeper into Trinitarian theology, that they could look at, that we will share with you. Um, because, and I apologize for not having that. So, Hong, thank you so very much for bringing that to mind. Uh, uh, that's just a good, good understanding. So, join us next week, though. And I'm not trying to use this as a, uh, maybe it is, a, it's, a, it's a, a cliffhanger, right? Join us next week for this. But we are going to continue this talk on Trinitarian theology, recognizing how God's relational disclosure to us, how his revelation means something. Why does it matter that this baby in the manger is born and then we come to find some 30 years later that that very baby is up on a cross now being killed? And so yet we're told that that, is part, that man is part of a Godhead, this you know, community of people, uh, persons that are pouring out on us. And so what does that mean? And so next week we want to continue that. And thankfully, Hong has reminded me that we do need some, what are some resources that we can do? Because there might be some other uh, neophytes, folks that are new to this subject, new to this skill. They want to create uh, a new subject or new skill and, and learn. And that's what uh, um, we want to do at New Wine, New Wine Skins. That's relational truth, right? that if we can pour into one another, um, we share life and that's the sharing of life. And so I just like to close out with a, a, thank, a thankfulness, you know, um, for everyone's thoughts and look forward to seeing each person um, next week on our continued uh, conversation about uh, Trinitarian theology, the one, the three and the many. So please join us next week with your thoughts and with your questions, 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and feel free, please, to bring a friend uh, so we can continue with this discussion. Um, and with that said, uh, I will be closing the room, but thank you. Blessings to each one of you for this day. Uh, may the day just be 
uh, a beautiful day where you understand the truth of who we are, created to be in relationship with one another, um, an outpouring of love. And so thank you so very much for joining us this morning. Again, this has been uh, Clubhouse, New Wine, New Wineskins on Clubhouse. Today's topic, the one, the three, and the many. And we will again continue this next week, 8.30 to 9.30, Tuesday morning. Uh, so please join us. Um, with that said, I will be uh, closing the room. So thank you so much for joining us this morning.